Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Seaweed Brain. Today, we are defeating Gaia. It's been a long time coming. We're taking down the Earth Goddess. We're meeting parents. We're doing a lot of things that sound very important because they should sound very important because we're almost at the end of the book. Stick around. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to a returning special guest who's here with us to close out the Heroes of Olympus over these next couple weeks. It's blue, but it's blue plus because if you guys will remember the last time Blue was here, she was getting married. And so Blue brought her other half with her today. Everyone say hi to the Union of Blosh. Hello. I loved it. Thanks for introducing us as Blosh. That is how we like to be introduced. Yeah, that's how we go now. All the time. It's a shift podcast, so. We're happy to be here. We can't wait to talk about Chrissy Jackson. (laughs) Fills up most of our conversations, so. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about, I mean, obviously I spoiled the fact that you guys got married, but tell us a little bit about anything that's (laughs) happened for you since the last time you were here. I think it's pretty important that we had blue chocolate chip cookies at our rehearsal dinner for our wedding. Yeah, and that wasn't that wasn't negotiable. <laughs> yeah, that was like it had to happen, it or had the to happen. or the wedding wouldn't happen. Yeah, no, that was like I'm, I'm not walking down the aisle unless this is present. So there's that. Blue spoke a lot about you, Josh, when you weren't here. But if you wanted to yeah. say your own piece about when you first started reading these books and any affiliation with gods please the floor is yours so the first time i even heard about percy jackson was through the movies that was very different (laughs) watching the movies i really i really liked the movies when i was little growing up and then after i read the books and rewatched them i was like this is what is happening here this is not the same at all yeah that's okay it's a little bit of a red flag but we'll let it slide We'll let it slide. Whatever it takes. He's like really handsome, so I promise we won't be that gross. We're gonna we're gonna tone down the gross. But yeah, we we actually had a deal for Heroes of Olympus, where I would watch a Star Wars movie for every Heroes of Olympus book that he read. And I finished the series, but you haven't, so I'll just check that off as a win there. You know. Well, there's not equivalent Star Wars movies to Percy Jackson. The first two. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny, though. Disney content really stays winning in your household. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> Thanks for calling us out on that one. <laughs> when you were reading these for the first time after you had seen the movies, were you like, I'm a child of this god? It's going to sound bad. The most person that I felt connected to was Jason in the beginning. <laughs> Again, like, I'm coming out with Whoa. bad hot takes out of the beginning. No! I know. It's, not, I know. it's not bad if it's just the truth of how you felt. Yeah. It's just... I want to know more about that. There's a first time for everything. No, no, no. Explain why, though. It was, it was only because why. in that book Explain specifically, why. you're dealing with two other Leo. He's talking about the they lost have, hero. Just sort They of. both have, like, massive secrets that they're trying to hide from everyone and not tell anyone. And then Jason shows up and he's like, I don't know what's happening. I can't remember anything. I might be a bad guy. He just explains everything out flat, and I'm like, I, this is refreshing. This I'm asking, is nice. for, I'm asking this to understand, to know more about you. Would you okay. like self-categorize as a himbo? Uh, <laughs> you know, that's a little offensive. No, it's not. I'm just, I'm, I'm just himbos are not bad. I'm just curious because, like, yeah, we love no, himbos. No, like, Jason is kind house. of like himbo representation. So I was just it's curious if you feel like you fall into that category. I'm not putting you there. No, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> I, I try not to think of myself that way, and then I look back at my past, and I'm like, oh, no, that's definitely true. Well, we all have himbo phases. <laughs> that's definitely accurate. <laughs> I, think, I think I've grown out a little bit now. I've, I've grown into an adult. You know? I'm growing into my himbo phase. Every day, <laughs> my brain empties. Wow, we really, we jump-started this with some red flags, guys. I promise he's super cool. He's he's cool, smart, and funny, I swear. If your red flag is guesting on a Percy Jackson podcast, imagine having the red flag of running a Percy Jackson podcast. (laughs) When was the last time, Blue, you were here for, like, Mark of Athena? Yes, I was. I got to do the 
the stable. Right, right, right. Wow, that was kind of a long time ago. It was a while ago, yeah. Is there anything that you feel between then and now that you really want to strongly address? Yeah, see, like, I wish I had something really specific, and we chatted about this earlier, but seriously, the bro moments in the Jake Sweat episode, you know? That just, it was a lot for me, and I really liked it because when I look back on these books, sometimes I'm like, why does everybody think Jason and Percy are friends? Like, they have no friendship, there's not, like, a lot of chemistry there. And it was really refreshing to like be like, oh yeah, I forgot about this major thing that they did together and they get to have, you know, a relationship. So that was pretty important for me. Yeah. I think like Jason and Percy are way more friends than Jason and Leo in my head. Yeah, I think it's upsetting that Jason and Leo, their relationship is not fleshed out at all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's sad to me because we are supposed to think that like that trio, Piper, Jason and Leo are like best friends in the way that Grover, Percy and Annabeth are. But it's really, like, Piper and Leo are best friends, and, like, Jason is Piper's boyfriend. I don't even get... I have literally zero sense of friendship between Piper and Leo. But we can talk about that when we I get to, their, to, to the next yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> there is a scene when there's a, a battle on the Argo, and mm-hmm. I think Leo, like, gets thrown off into the water at some point, and Piper's like, oh my god, Leo! And it's like, she's really emotional about it. She's really worried about him. And I think it's in Leo's perspective or something because he's like, she, she like cares about me. It's it, I, I, it stuck in my mind, but I think it was literally like two sentences. I think it was just blown right by. But Aww. I don't know. For for me, for some reason, that is enough of a basis of a friendship. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's super fair. I mean, everyone expresses their friendship feelings in different ways. Some people are mean <laughs> to all their friends, and we know we know that well. Um. <laughs> my friend just gave me a concussion last weekend so we don't need to go into that I don't want to call her out here you know it's okay we're doing fine not <laughs> name dropping friends. her is really nice of you <laughs> she, she didn't do it on purpose it's okay I sprayed perfume in my friend's eyes the other day and I oh, was no. so scared that I blinded her <laughs> we ran to a CVS and got eye drops and then she didn't know how to put eye drops in so I put the eye drops in for her so I was able to like <laughs> fix the problem I had created which is like super healthy friendship tactic there you go. That's kind of a demented story. Oh my god. It, it's a big bonding moment. Speaking of big bonding moments, we've got some parents returning tonight. Shall we dive into Jason's final perspective in the Heroes yeah, of Olympus? Yeah, you mean the actual episode? Yeah, we should probably do that. <laughs> Carter, where did we last right. leave off? We last left off with Gaia awakening. Percy had his little nosebleed. We're sort of starting to lose the battle against the giants, who we also have to defeat in addition to Gaia, who's just awake. The consequences of which are not yet clear to us. We're <laughs> we're about to launch into that battle right now. Let's do it. Yeah. This perspective opens on Jason, his life flashing before his eyes. Pretty delusional <laughs> of him. <laughs> to think he's gonna live? <laughs> It's just another moment where I'm like, Rick must have known what was going to happen with Jason's character because he keeps putting in all of these things about like Jason being old and being an old man and thinking of his future life with Piper. I feel like the opposite. I feel like Rick was like, nah, scrap that. Because he really is building this up. He's building up Jason and Piper's relationship. He's building up Jason getting to live and obviously that went out the window. Rick gaslighting Jason about getting to live. <laughs> I'm on that book actually in Trials of Apollo. I'm on the third book and I hey, Whoa whoa, spoilers. What what do you think? <laughs> Maybe we should put in a like a little spoiler warning. We've discussed it before on the podcast. Um Maddie but... and Molly spoiled Jason's death for me, so <laughs> Somebody I mean, spoiled Jason's death for me, too. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. We have not actually read that part of the books yet. We are really bad about yet, spoilers. Apparently spoiling the one it thing that we can gatekeep is Jason's death. <laughs> is there anything we need to say about Jason's vision of Piper and their grandchildren? It's stupid. Like, Blue. I don't want to be mean here. I don't want to be mean. I, it's, like, kind of sweet. But it's also, like... We're in the middle of a battle and Jason's like daydreaming. Like, what is happening? Like, I'm. It's because like, he's get over this, right? Get back in the fight. It's always that unconscious dude needs to get on his feet and start <laughs> helping, you know? He's got low blood pressure for sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I had a mild concussion. I was fine the next day. I, I have not, low actually. blood pressure. Low blood pressure representation, you know? <laughs> I'm always dizzy. It's okay, Jason. Even if it is sweet. 
my, my explanation for why this is happening is a sense that maybe Jason's backstory wasn't built out enough or that maybe we need some last ditch nostalgia to just get piped in so that we feel something about Jason and about Jason and Piper <laughs> and about Jason and Piper and Leo leading up to the grand finale that he's trying to deliver us with Jason and Piper and Leo. If that were the purpose, I think Leo should have been in this. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, Leo's just on exactly. the boat. He's not even there. <laughs> <laughs> he literally is just on the Argo 2 this yeah, whole time. Like, everybody's fighting, and, like, Leo and his dad are up there fixing the boat. Yeah. Where is he on the boat? Not in Jason's future, apparently. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that was foreshadowing the fact that Leo isn't there, but it's also false. It's also not foreshadowing because a lot of other people aren't there either. <laughs> the note, like, the bullet point note underneath Jason's life flashing before his eyes and envisioning Piper is... Stay away from her? Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> yeah, wait a second. It's true. Like, leave Piper's future alone, Carter? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to get into some Piper Beth there. I thought that's what it was. but That's coming. Not. Both ends. Wait, what is Raina and Piper? Because that's coming, too. I was just thinking of that, too. I was going to say that, and then I was like, I can't think of their ship name, yeah. so I can't comment here. Pi- we'll figure it out <laughs> when we get there. We'll, we'll, we'll Google it right, before right. the next episode. We'll have to Google this. They'll sound a little silly when I'm saying them in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Daydream's done, and now the gods descend from Olympus to win the battle. Finally! Finally. There's kind of a cool image where, like, the clouds part, and instead of seeing the sky, they see space, which I think is fun. Space and Mount Olympus simultaneously. Yeah, because, like, Mount Olympus is, like, in space. But Mount Olympus is also the Western world, and they're not there. It's like, um, you know, I, the MCU version of Asgard, where it's like kind of space, yeah, yeah. kind of heaven, kind of, you know, just sort of a nebulous merging of all of these ideas, which, mm-hmm. like, I guess it's cool to think about. It's a nice image. Yeah. This is also, l- lest we forget, this is why Jason is giving us this flashback, because in the writing, he is supposed to be a, a grandparent describing this event to his children because of how spectacular it is. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I, but also, I guess not. I don't know. Yeah, it's really, really spectacular. Okay, I'm gonna stop being a hater and like. <laughs> it is really cool to finally see the gods fighting for yeah, the cause. I like that the first time that the good guys don't use a loophole to win, it's when the bad guys use a loophole of Percy's nosebleed to make <laughs> Gaia wake up. Like they really flipped roles here. I have to say the the nosebleed is just the perfect detail. So Percy Jackson, so rich, Incredible. so yes, just just amazing, just so just so perfect. Yeah, I mean this is pretty by the books. The gods descend so that the gods and the heroes, their half blood children, can defeat the giants together. My biggest qualm with this section is that the gods descend in their, like, godly forms. And Jason's, like, we basically blacked out. We can only remember it in bits and pieces. And then once (laughs) they, like, jump through hyperspace from Mount Olympus to the Acropolis, they shrink down to human size. Why? That's literally in the text, by the way. It says hyperspace. Why do they shrink down to human size? Yeah, why do they do that? What's the point of that? I wish I had answers for you. I want to have answers for you. I don't know. To make them more approachable and, like, so that, like, maybe their kids can have relationships with them in, like, yeah. a very small way. I do think that's That seems the like what it is. Yeah, it's it's for, like, the empathy aspect. It is not for the battle aspect because that's stupid. But it doesn't work. Do we feel a sense of empathy coming between these characters? Not really. Do we feel that the bridge between godliness and mortalness is mediated by the size change? I don't at all. And also, moreover, when we are thinking about the little we have in terms of iconic imagery and storytelling about the original mythological battles to defeat the giants, most of these things, if you look at the pottery and stuff, to me, the iconic images are about the heroes looking tiny in comparison to the gods as they're waging these battles. Like, you can see... Carter, when did you the... be looking at the pottery and stuff? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why are there no pictures in our outline? Hey, perhaps... I, I've been to a museum or two in my day. Um, I've, I've seen some things. Okay. <laughs> No, we are glad that you did that. We are proud of you. That is, yeah. you're bringing Literally that to less the table. Than a week ago, Good job. I was at the MFA, and I will say though, <laughs> I think that speaks to the fact that if we're tying that in there, I'm going to take it a step further, and you can make fun of me. But I think that's pointing out that. 
they need the little guy. Like, the little guy is just as important, and they yes. couldn't do it by themselves. Yes! And... No, that's perfect. That's yet another reason why that visual motif is so important. Like, the idea of, like, giants being really large, the gods also sort of being really large, but needing literally the help of small people who they might not even be able to see, who are in many ways insignificant to them. Is it Aphrodite who says that exact thing later? She does, among other people. Like, she's the one who says it. Yeah, when they're like, why can't you guys just go and defeat Guy in your godly form? And they're like, you guys have to do it because we don't (laughs) exist without you and you also need to believe in us and it's like mortal god. It's an important relationship. We have to balance things. Can we talk about the the rose petals? Are they doing anything? Oh my god. Are the rose petals powerful? Let's break down. Let's get into the fight descriptions. So the gods descend and they like team up with their children. Should we rank these relationships? (laughs) (laughs) lowest lowest in the ranking has to be hazel and hades because hades literally he is not with her they're implying that he is invisible (laughs) and fucking people up but like we don't know that hazel doesn't know that conversely i'm gonna make number one hazel and hecate yes Yes, they've known each other for the shortest period of time and i think they have the best relationship the best dynamic interacted the most i don't know guys hephaestus and leo are just like like doing some boat work together they're just having like a a mechanic afternoon they're chilling yeah no they're having a great time they're sticking to their niche i personally you know me based on the soft spots and weaknesses that i have as a person ethically aesthetically the annabeth athena team up it's been a long time coming we've been waiting are the descriptions (laughs) phenomenal and like leave me you know full of vivid imagery no no not really but like it's enough it's enough but the idea the idea 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 of it happening the fact that it's canon like okay yeah good i can i can work with that i will say i'm kind of pissed that this is in jason's perspective and not in annabeth's perspective because annabeth deserves that recognition from her godly parent after all the shit that she went through yeah. So, oh yeah. I think we really lost out on getting that conversation, but we've just okay. moved right past that. <laughs> and negative one thousand points for Piper and Aphrodite. <laughs> it's not Piper's fault. The literally, Jason, I believe I wrote no. down the quote. Quote: Piper was maybe the most impressive out of all the demigods who were fighting. Jason is just wrong. Percy's fighting the twins. Percy's fighting two giants at once while they're all fighting one giant. And Jason's like, oh, my girlfriend is so, she's the best. No. But Percy has help from a parent. Piper, as as we will get to, functionally does not have help from any parents. It's just her against this giant. Should we read the quote? Read the quote. Do it. Quote, the goddess Aphrodite floated around them on a small white cloud, strewing rose petals into the giantess's eyes and calling encouragement to Piper. Lovely, my dear. Yes, good. Hit her again. Whenever Paraboya tried to strike, <laughs> doves rose up from nowhere and fluttered in the giantess's face. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm picturing, like, you guys know Super Mario Bros? The yes. Oompa? Yes. The little yes. Cloud. <laughs> that, but it's a primordial goddess. She's not even charm speaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Well, the doves might be legit. I think it's doves, but yeah. I'm getting Regina George's mom. <laughs> that is the mental image. It's Amy Poehler doing her camcorder twerk in the um, <laughs> in the audience. Yes, <laughs> that is not what I saw. That's, that's, that's super funny. She's like, "Yes, good job, yeah. Piper. Go, Piper." <laughs> okay, plus ten thousand points is for the three fates versus Thune, the anti-fate. Fucked Thune up, <laughs> got his ass. They all teamed up and started hitting him with wooden clubs. Okay, all right, Rick. That's it. There's no additional things to say. It's just good. (laughs) We can get into the the disaster of Jason and his dad, because we have a lot on that. (sighs) They have a great relationship for about 35 seconds, and then it's all gone. It's also all fake, like after everything that we went through with Jason. fake! Okay, quote. (laughs) Zeus's presence felt reassuringly familiar. Even though Jason never met his father, he was reminded of all his happiest moments. His birthday (laughs) picnic with Piper in Rome, the day Lupa showed him Camp Jupiter for the first time, his games of hide-and-seek with Talia in their apartment when he was tiny, an afternoon on the beach when his mother had picked him up, kissed him, and showed him an oncoming storm. Never be afraid of a thunderstorm, Jason. That is your father letting you know he loves you. Okay, first of all, um, the first note so about this. on the this, audiobook, there was no grammatical errors. <laughs> the grammatical errors are not present in the, the words themselves. The uh, grammatical error here, I don't know if this is present in your edition, Erica. I'm using perhaps a weird one. Uh-huh. I am looking at semicolons. 
between every list element in the sentence. I wasn't going to say anything, but I'm a little bothered. You have to post that. Call him out. This, this is, is wrong. not the first offense in Heroes of Olympus with the semicolons. I think that, Carter, what you should do is personally at Stephanie Laurie on Twitter, oh the God. lead editor for Disney Hyperion, and you can say your piece to her. Maybe someone thought that they were serving Virginia Woolf or something here with this, but I, I unfortunately feel that that's not what is happening. It just looks wrong. But um, more to the point, he made this shit up. None of this is real. It's just false. <laughs> it's all fake. Him talking about Talia and the mom, he was less than four years old. Does he really remember that? He remembers his mother saying a phrase about his father's love on the beach during a thunderstorm? What? That sounds fake. Also, why are they on the beach? That's also just like not very Jason. Why are you on a beach in a thunderstorm? Because that's your father's love? <laughs> Nothing about that. I don't Being get on the it. beach in a thunderstorm is big Montauk lightning thief energy. It's just not the same. Absolutely. He just got his protagonist mixed up for a second. Yeah, like we've also not experienced basically any of these moments. So we don't have an emotional connection to it. It's like showing a montage where like only one of the events is one that you were actually exposed to before like all of this other visual imagery is doing nothing for me <laughs> and also the explanation that somehow piper's affection for him is related to his father can someone explain this is there an explanation that is possible for this what is going on okay that to me that to me does make sense because he's saying that zeus's presence feels familiar to him it feels like home which is how he feels when he's with Piper, theoretically, and how he felt when he first got to Camp Jupiter and, like, his supposed memory of being at home with his mom and Talia. Does it make sense? I'm not saying it makes sense, but I do understand the <laughs> linking of those okay, things. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. There's one more line that goes, Jason had never felt so good, so recognized, as when he father said his name. It does say he father. <laughs> it is a little typo. Oh, no. Okay, Carter, you, you wrote about this, so go ahead and talk about how this doesn't make sense with Jason's narrative. We have, like, ten different bullet points under this. This makes no sense. Like, what? Jason's entire narrative up until this point has just been, in case you forgot, five different iterations, two separately. Like, they've really been trying to hammer this overhead. Jason realizing, nearly from scratch, that he is not his destiny. Literally hammered over the head. <laughs> oh, that's a good Jason joke. Um, <laughs> bricked it over the head, I guess. Um, every time, every few Jason perspectives, we just have to remind ourselves that Jason is not the hero. He's not just his father. He's not just Romanness. Let's go through the list again in case we forgot. Just one book ago, it was not even that long ago, his entire narrative was about rejecting notions of family, belonging, and expectation based on birth. Specifically based on birth. He's not saying there's no such thing as family. He's saying that my family and my sense of belonging and where I should go and try to make a difference and form community is not dependent upon who my father is. I'm going to do these things differently. I'm going to literally yeah. explicitly choose a separate path. I'm going to go Greek. Did we forget about that? And then in this same book, this also happens several times. Jason has a reunion with his mom. Do we get any of these things happening with the mom? No. We get Jason saying, actually, I don't feel a connection to you in this way. I'm going to choose my own path. I'm going to move forward. Thanks for the lesson, but also kind of no thanks. Can we contrast these things? These are wildly different. And who was a better parent to him? Probably neither. Like, the mom is also not really there. But, like, the mom had reasons for not being there. Jason's mother is someone who is suffering from mental illness. What did Jupiter have going on? Wait, I'm sorry. Carter, Zeus literally said that his reason for not being there is because he had no idea Jason would actually be cool. That is canon. <laughs> that is literally what the I line is. I feel like is. that's reasonable. If I had known you would be worthy of my time. Bro, if I knew that you were going to grow up and be like, totes cool, bro, and like a total hero, bro, I would have stuck around for you and not given you to my wife. Wait, this is literally a Josh Chan line. Do you remember this from the pilot? If I had known you'd grow up to be so successful and hot. Literally what he said. <laughs> Do you have anything to say to defend Jason's narrative? No, it really doesn't make any sense <laughs> okay. at this point. Wait, there's more. It's there's just, more, it seems too. Like... <laughs> Wait, let 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 just stop. No, I, I think it's good. I think we need to drag Jason's narrative. He's grown up so much. He got glasses. He's a new person. And then his dad shows up and it just, it's all gone in one second. <laughs> That's a little He's bit different reality. the same guy he was five days ago. He's That's so not. realistic, though. I mean, he <laughs> just got thrown back into that toxic relationship. Yeah, I can kind of understand the backsliding. I think that it, as a narrative about newfound connections that you are meant according to societal ideas to infuse meaning into, doesn't really work to me because the way that it's written to me is kind of serving bioessentialism. 
what I'm getting from this is not like, oh, this is something that I feel that I'm supposed to put meaning into, and I'm feeling a little emotionally confused. What I'm getting here is him literally saying, there is literal magic. All of the good things in my life are connected to this sense of power and wonderment and mystery that flows through all things because he's literally the most powerful being in the universe, but also specifically through me. It's all confusing. His whole storyline is confusing. Yes! The only thing I can think of here as a reason to why this is happening is just to, like, highlight the next scene and when he stands up to mm. him, like, showing how powerful that relationship is to him and yes. then him still standing yeah. up to him afterwards is the only thing I could think of. I think that makes a lot of sense. Well, we all agree, like, Jason's greatest arc and, like, presence in a book was in House of Hades right when he was learning to back off yes i think that we just maybe rick wasn't positive that he was going to be such a big perspective in blood of olympus because it is the last book there has to be a punch of resolution in whosoever perspective we're in and we just happen to be in jason's perspective so we just have to like do the whole resolution thing again but we maybe <laughs> forgot what had already happened because if we just came to a nice clean closing at the end of house of hades and then jason got glasses in someone else's perspective that would have been so delightful and i think that would have given yeah. us everything that we needed but he's here, so we have to, like, give him a moment, like a big closure moment, even though we've already had a bunch of big closure moments with him. <laughs> yes. I, I'm going to co-sign that. I like the glasses. The glasses are very important. Yeah. The comparison that I am going to draw here, the people should not be surprised by this take, but this, to me, is giving... Is it Return of Skywalker? I'm getting the numbers confused. Rise of Skywalker? The energy I'm getting from this is the last one, specifically as a comparison point to the previous one where we got a long, both explicitly drawn out message about the nature of heritage and who should be in power and who should be in charge. And then immediately <laughs> kind of forgot all of those lessons. And then we're like, okay, we're going to half relearn the lesson at the very end. A little bit, I guess, kind of to an extent. I don't know if this parallel is resonating with anyone else. The only thing I remember from that movie was Adam Driver fighting Daisy Ridley. <laughs> <laughs> they change her parentage. That's what I'm going for here. Is yeah. that in eight, they're like, she's a nobody and that's important. Josh knows about Star Wars. I was very bothered by those because like all they talk about in the first movie of the new trilogy is like who her parents are and that's the big thing we're building up to and then they just throw it out the window in the second one they don't care about it anymore and immediately in the third one it's also the most important thing and that that happened to Jason here I think again they just took some notes. <laughs> I like the glasses bit because it reminds me of when people like dye their hair funny colors because they're going through something. Maybe that's not the same thing, but that's what it reminds me of. It's like the opposite of that, I feel like. You know, it's like when someone stops dyeing their hair. And oh, like, Whoa. there you go. Oh, okay. No, you're so right. Jason was a bottle blonde this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is all a prelude to almost a one-hit KO. Like, as close as you can get to that. As someone who does not actually like the battle scenes that much. I'm still feeling kind of undersold because it is so easy for them. As soon as Jason and his father actually decide we're going to do this, we get wind and a lightning bolt and it's over. The most powerful giant is just gone. What are the stakes that we are supposed to have been building up to this whole time? Why have we been on this whole journey? Because it's so they, wa they wanted to prevent the fight with the earth mean mom they yeah. wanted to prevent the blood of olympus being spilled they wanted to prevent this whole fight in general this isn't the big one you know this ain't this isn't the big times yeah it's because the worst is yet to come the worst is yet to come does it really come not really but that's we'll get there it seems <laughs> a little bit anticlimactic this one and the the next fight that we'll get to it just kind of seems like it's happening and then it's over yeah so there's a group huddle after the final lightning ko the gods are kind of all, you know, there's some description about what they're doing in their relations to each other, which are kind of cute. They do strike me as like big extended family who's been living with each other for millennia. They have weird, quirky relationships. Hermes is trying to hit on Athena, to which I say like father, like son. Yes, oh. I wanted a kind of Beth oh. mention somewhere in here. Whoa. I, Wait, what? I That's not where I was you. going with that. Blue, you're taking a very different take from them. I did I, not. I didn't even think you thought that when we were talking about no, this earlier. We've talked about Convest Nation before. They're obviously talking about Luke. Oh, I'm not. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm not talking about that at all. That's Wait, really who's, funny. Who's the god? I was saying Hermes's son. I was being thinking Luke, Luke. Yeah. hitting on Annabeth. 
But if you took that as Connor stole, I support you. Oh, guys, I like don't even think about Luke. He is not even a thought in my mind. We all want to live in that world. That's that's the emotional experience that we want to be having. You're just stronger than me. It's okay. Okay, better, you know, maybe we can cut people. this part out. No, it's staying in. You said no. Connor Beth is going on air. Awesomeness. We want oh, that. No. That's, that's the energy that we are all trying to aspire to. We need to leave role models for the children. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Percy Beth is the greatest love story ever told. But you know, Connor Beth deserves a moment in the sun it does there we go fair enough there's some other little light color writing here one of the things that he mentions is that there's like a huddle between like poseidon and hera and demeter that i'm vaguely curious about yeah i want to be in on that conversation i don't really care what jason's thinking let's talk about that yeah i like huddles i like details i like omissions that are very colorful that give you just that little taste that's what i want from this interaction i care so much about demeter I want to know more about her. What is her deal? Yeah, we need more Demeter stuff. Oh, actually, we should just read Charles Apollo. Charles Apollo, like, yeah. <laughs> the only Demeter writing we've gotten up until this point, lest you forget, is when she was a nagging mother-in-law talking about cereal. Wow. Justice for Demeter. Demeter literally did agriculture. Agriculture is really important. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> you know, you're right there. <laughs> then what happens is the full circle part where Hera talks to us. Zeus is leading this discussion. He's recognizing that we, we have defeated the giants, blah, 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 blah. And Hera cuts in and is like, because of me, right? I'm glad this all worked out. Ha ha. Zeus basically immediately turns to threats of domestic violence, if we should word it that way. I have a headcanon that while Hera is talking, Annabeth is just sitting there like rolling her eyes and snorting. Yeah. Like, Whatever, man. But also, you know, Hera is getting it pretty rough from her husband, so maybe... Maybe I should be a little nice. The more I think about it, the less it makes sense to me because I didn't really think about the Hera of it all until right now. But she literally was the impetus for all of this. She was the impetus. Rick kind of forgot about the lost hero, it feels like, for several books and then remembered Hey, it. hey, hey. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay because we got we're two all, good books out of it. to forget about the lost hero. <laughs> I don't blame him. Bless up for yeah. having the Mark of Athena and the House of Hades just doing their own thing. But I guess now we have to wrap up this book series. But he did. He wraps <laughs> up. Rick through Zeus says, like, the second Hera took Jason's life for her own. This was the set fate path that was made for you guys because of her decision to kind of take Jason for her own, a la Hercules, Heracles, H of H. Mm -hmm. Which one of you wrote here? It makes some sense that Rick's Hera, basically the primary representation of Western tradition, be visibly and violently constrained by patriarchy in a family context. Doesn't that make sense? I don't know. I, I'm kind of of two minds about this scene. Like, that is my primary feeling about it, that, like, it makes some sense. But he's trying to have it both ways with Hera, right? He's trying to make her both the containment of all of this evil toxicity it, that is ingrained within, like, a certain subset of extreme privilege and also extreme disregard and lack of agency in a certain type of woman who has existed throughout history yeah. but i feel like it is both possible to have more complex narratives about that and also like he's trying to have it both ways and also make her someone who has like interesting agency and thoughts that she like is acting on in ways that are in defiance of certain patriarchal structures i'm a little unsatisfied by the balance that's struck by that but i guess it makes sense that they are trying to strike that balance reminding us of those two juxtaposing forces and ideas of what hera is supposed to be it's hard to feel that way about her now because she's been a Karen for like seven books at this point. That's yeah. what he's built her up to be the whole time. And now in like the yeah. last couple chapters of the yeah, last book. Yeah, I feel like I'm having yeah. trouble feeling sorry for her, but I do. Like I'm like, I have empathy for her because that's the shitty situation for any woman to be in. And now it's Hera and we've been taught that we don't like Hera. I just can't remember why in the first place she did any of this. Because she had an idea about the prophecy that Zeus did not co-sign. Uh... She has an idea, and also she feels a special affinity to Jason, so she feels like she's not infringing upon any godly parent's connection to their child when she sets this in motion. Although she immediately forgets about that for the Percy half of it or something. I don't know. That bit's a little bit less clear. Because she just wanted Jason <laughs> to be the hero of the prophecy. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think it's that. And she also, it's like a dual motivation where she wants Jason to do great things. She has a plan for him. But also she legitimately does not see a way out of this that does not involve some sort of very forceful exchange between the two camps. Which oh. seems like the correct analysis. So in considering that, after this, Zeus turns on Apollo to like put him on blast saying this is all his fault. Yeah. This is definitely all Hera's fault. 
I really don't understand or see like we know a little bit more and I know from reading the first book of Charles Apollo that like Apollo was kind of in cahoots with Octavian because Octavian mm. was complimenting him and Apollo gave him whatever he wanted but like in general this whole like speeding up the war with Gaia thing is Hera's fault isn't it yeah, but I think that he can punish Apollo and he can't punish Hera in the same yeah, I don't want way. Yeah, I don't want Hera to be put on blast, but I just don't understand this, like, putting it on Apollo thing. I don't understand putting it on anyone. See, also with Charles of Apollo, because of what Apollo did, it jumpstarts something just as bad as evil Earth Mom. Like, yeah. I think we don't understand while we're reading this book the implications of what Apollo did. Also, it's the final book in this series, so Rick is like, oh yeah, we need to, like, pepper in the next series. Precisely, precisely. So this is the final little bit about Jason's arc. He steps in here to kind of like defend Apollo, just to stand up to his dad. Everyone else is like really freaked out by the fact that Jason is doing this, like even the gods. And the only person who looks like they're ready to jump in and fight by his side is Percy, my boy. Yep, I wrote that down too. (laughs) When Percy was 12, he one-on-one with Ares. I think that at 17 years old, it's time for Percy to one-on-one with Zeus. Yeah, Percy's, <laughs> Percy's like, it's like that scene in Disney movies where they're like, Sky bothering you. Like, yes, like, exactly. Totally, bro, bro. Like, do you need me to hit your dad for you, bro? <laughs> yes, exactly. Don't talk to my bro like that, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we know Percy and Zeus have had beef. Jason, I guess whether you think this is a mark in his favor or not, this is just a fact of him having a privilege. There's this internal monologue moment that goes with this that we were alluding to earlier where he says that he's risking his newfound relationship with his dad and how sad it is for him, etc. It says like, oh, it might take centuries to get that five seconds of kindness back. Felt bad for Jason then. But also he's moved on. So, you know. I like that Jason was going to say, well, that's stupid. But then he goes, that's unwise. (laughs) Like, it's any better. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Afterwards, Artemis and Annabeth both step in to, let's say, more tactfully try to actually stop Zeus from fucking up Apollo's life right then and right there. They actually shift the topic of conversation so that Apollo is not um, smote, smited. Smited and smoted. The past ways that the Olympians have been written have been different from this. You know, like, we've seen a lot of councils of the gods where they are voting on things and they are either looking for unanimity or a majority. But this is a good reminder of how these things are more commonly described in the myths, and perhaps a good reminder of some fundamental truths about the nature of Western civilizations and power structures, where fundamentally Zeus here is not looking for consensus. He is not treating these things as familial relationships. He is just going in for the kill. He is trying to do violence against everyone. He's being unilateral. His rule is based entirely on raw strength and nothing else. It's really Gabe Ugliano of him. Mm. That's a reference. Say it. <laughs> Call it back. Thank you. We, we sort of drop the Western civilization thread a little bit in these books. I don't feel that there is as explicit a critique through figurative language or mythological figures. But it's an interesting moment to end on. I guess as a reminder, in case you forgot that The gods are terrible, and they're terrible in ways that we have not even yet explored so far in these books. They're terrible in the ways that we are terrible, right? Because humans and gods, we we mirror one another. We can't exist without each other. They're just manifestations of what's wrong with us. Yeah, a reflection of our worst qualities. And also best qualities. Yes. Is this time for a sidebar on American Empire? Maybe not. But the people at home know. I really like that Annabeth gets everyone back on track and is like, yeah, so we like also have another battle to go to really quick. Didn't mean to double book or anything, but. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, Gaia is awake in case we forgot. We're we're talking about Gaia. Someone's trying to assign the blame. Quote, complaining of unfairness is like assigning blame, Percy Jackson. It does no one any good. That's a quote from Athena. Or is it? Is it actually a quote from Stephen Sondheim in the 1988 Tony Award-winning Broadway musical Into the Woods? By way of the witch. No, of course what really matters is the blame. Somebody to blame. Fine, if that's the thing you enjoy. Placing the blame. If that's the aim, give me the blame. Just give me the boy. No! No. Okay, we're done with that. (laughs) Josh, how do you feel? This is his first experience with, like, theater kids, so... Well, I married you. I, I feel like I've had, I've had some, you know? It was theater kids, plural. <laughs> anyway, 
When Apollo allowed the prophecy of the seven to be spoken, and when Hera took it upon herself to interpret the words, the fates wove the future in such a way that it had only so many possible outcomes, so many solutions. You seven, the demigods, are destined to defeat Gaia. We, the gods, cannot. So this is what Zeus says at this point. This, I feel like, is a new canonical statement about the lore that feels very substantial. What this is giving us is that prophecy and godly actions in particular are coercive with regard to the future. Like that the prophecy and fate is not like a specific point at a further point in time that there are lots of different paths to, if that makes sense. Or it's not saying something about the inevitability of people's actions. I think it's saying that our actions are, that everyone's actions are connected to each other's fates. That because Hera decided to intervene, that changed the outcome for everyone. I will get philosophical in like one second, but also this reminds me of when Josh decides that he can't unload the dishwasher because he had to load it. That's what this reminds whoa, me whoa, of. Whoa, 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 shots for no reason. They're like, we can't We're defeat There are Gaia. only so many solutions. <laughs> we can't defeat Gaia. That's not, that's not the solution. Uh, we already did this one. You guys have to take the next one. We, the uh, gods, cannot. But yes, I can, also, <laughs> I can also do the thing. So saying that prophecy is coercive and not just predictive is what you guys wrote on here. And I think that that really ties into the way that we've always thought of prophecies in the Percy Jackson books. We always said that we can't fight the prophecy. Like that was the whole ordeal in yeah. Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Like you can't go against it. I think that when they want it to be coercive, it is. And when they want it to be predictive, it is. It's just like a choice that the gods get to make sometimes. And that's, that's kind of silly, but... I think that's the key, yeah. I think there's a difference between fighting against the prophecy and taking control of it. Because Percy decided to be the kid in the prophecy, right? A la Harry... Well, not quite. But Percy <laughs> decided that he was going to be the child of the big three that the great prophecy was about. Hera decided mm-hmm. that this was going to be about Jason. And that this group of demigods was going to be the seven. So she just kind of like... Press the start button. Yeah, so maybe you can claim the prophecy, but you can't reject it. Yeah. The prophecies just, like, they, they want to be enacted. They want attention. So as long as you are helping <laughs> fulfill them, that's fine by them. If you are, like, trying to stop them, then that's not fine. Um, Percy also says dude when he's like, dude, we have to get back to camp. Or, like, dude, he says something like that. And it just it makes me happy when he does that. I'm like, Thanks. Makes me miss him. Thanks for being the... Thanks for being the guy in my head. I miss him so much. I am a simp for Percy Jackson first and a human being second. (laughs) (laughs) And with that. Well, I could slap you back to Long Island. That, I'm sorry. Just so I understand what happened there. Did Zeus literally take, like, pick up the boat and hit it like a volleyball? Like, did that actually happen? Volleyball serve is what I'm imagining. Um, yeah, it's like, definitely, it's definitely it a air. jump serve. Pa! He says yeah. he says he yes. spikes it. I I was so flabbergasted <laughs> at that. How did they not die? Okay, but if he spikes it though, then someone has to like set it for him, right? Like that's the No, I pictured he goes through like the whole routine and he like has it in his hand and he's warming up a couple times and then he jumps in the air and hits it. That's yeah. that's how I have it. It's a, it's Is it too serve. soon to make a meme? Where Will Smith is Zeus and Chris Rock is the Argo <laughs> 2 being slapped back to Long Island. Oh. Yeah. Get the damn meme page. I on think that. that has to I think that has to come out. Mm-hmm. Okay, well we're back in Camp Half Blood. We're back home. The fates are on our side, so I feel pretty good about that. Right? They were fighting the giants, so yeah. the fates are in our favor. They defeated the other version of fate, or like fatelessness, I guess is what they defeated. Okay, yeah. <laughs> this sentence at the beginning of this chapter of this POV is just the most Rick Riordan sentence I've ever read. It says, Dragon Frank, because Frank is now a dragon after they get getting catapulted off of the slapped Argo 2. Dragon Frank veered to the left with Annabeth in one claw yelling, let's get him! And Percy in the other claw screaming, I hate flying! It's so good. It's so good. And with that, our sister is back. It's Nico. Aww. Here's the quote. Jason's heart lifted when he saw Nico D'Angelo on the front lines with the Greeks. I was like, oh, Nico. And on the other hand, Jason, you do not know him like that. Your heart didn't lift. My heart lifted. <laughs> you don't know him like I do. <laughs> yeah. The only, I didn't like it 
Because when when Jason is first trying to get to know Nico in the very beginning, he's only doing it so that they're better in battle together. He's yes! like, we work better as a team when we know each other more, and that's what he's motivated by. And I don't like it. I forgot about that. And of course, famously, even before that, tried to abandon him to death. <laughs> okay, we're just going to read assorted quotes now. Everyone's joining the battle. It gives me Avengers feelings. It's like, this battle's happening here, then we fly over here, and then this is that. Yeah, it's a big epic set piece. It's like filmed the same way, where we're just like jumping from moment to moment. Yeah. Yeah. It is very cinematic. Specifically, I got big Avengers vibes. Later, when Gaia actually finally shows up, she's like starting to say one sentence and then i feel like it's the scene from the first avengers movie when hulk grabs loki and just starts slamming him on the ground that's what i feel like when they just grab her and throw her in the sky yeah that's like one of the marvel (laughs) one of the mcu signatures is they love an evil monologue interrupted by an act of violence why was her skin as white as quartz is it cement what is she made out of everything else is dirt right that was a Fascinating entry. Let's build up to Gaia becoming a human form because this was confusing. We're in the battle. Reyna's like, it's about time. Glad you could join us. With a start, Jason realized she was addressing Piper, not him. Thank you. Shipping it. It says Pipena. Okay, Pipena. But before Pipena shows up, there is a three-way between Piper, Reyna, and Annabeth that is Pipena Bath. Pipena Beth is my greatest ship, actually. The greatest love story ever told. <laughs> Leo went down with the ship at the beginning of this, so like we don't know where he is. He's about to come right back, but Jason and Nico are like, let's do this one for Leo. And I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> Reyna and Frank are commanding the Legion together for the first time, so that's cute. They're shouting their Latin commands at the Roman Legion, and then Percy is like, Greeks, let's... um." fight stuff and then they charge <laughs> together i love them so much i love the it's, camp oh my god juxtaposition there <laughs> i liked it and i thought it was cute but i was kind of annoyed that jason was like oh shucks they're so unorganized but at least they have enthusiasm i was like shut up incredibly condescending but um <laughs> yeah that was so rude i identify as camp half-blood in this scenario <laughs> they, he could have said like talented he could have said dedicated Perhaps they have more individualized training. Perhaps they are are more skillful in unregulated melee combat against individual fighters. That would be believable to me. That's not what he said, but that's okay. Apparently, the Athena Parthenos' presence was like buying us time against Gaia rising from nosebleed to now, but she is now appearing in physical earthen form out of dirt. Just as she starts to rise from the ground, Leo pops back up. And instead of riding in on the Argo 2, he rides in on a fully reformed Festus, which we now know is what he's been working on in the hull of the ship this whole time. He was rebuilding Festus's body into dragon form. Did you guys love that? It's sick. It's a good reveal. I love it. I love Festus being back. That's a good costume change. Yes. Um, he picks up Earth Gaia, starts flying her into the sky, and Leo's like, what are you doing? Come on, Jason, follow me. The battle's up here. So we're going into what we assumed was going to happen based on the advice we were given re-Uranus. We knew this is what was going to happen. It does feel a little bit underwhelming to me. Why is it so easy to like pick up Earth and Gaia? Jason flies up there with Piper. Storm and fire, right? Like we know from the prophecy. And then Jason is like, it's storm and fire. And also the third power that will hold us together, which is Piper. Which I'm glad that Piper's there because ultimately she's the one who nails this Gaia battle by charm speaking Gaia back to sleep. Basically a larger scale version of what she did back in The Lost Hero with freeing Hera from the prison, which I like. And I'm glad that they brought Piper. That's a good callback, yeah. But I think it's funny because of the whole to storm or fire the world must fall thing. And they're like, but also Piper's going to be there because of the trio. Right. We can <laughs> we can pepper in our own details into the prophecy. You know? To storm or fire, the world must fall. They did not give Piper the credit when she literally did, like I feel like, most of this work during this battle using the magic. <laughs> Leo and Jason were just giving blunt force wind and fire. Do you want to read bottom of 460? Go ahead. He was about to take off when Percy yelled, wait, Frank can fly the rest of us up there. We can all... No, man, Jason said. They need you here. There's still an army to defeat. Besides the prophecy, he's right. Frank gripped Percy's arm. You have to let them do this, Percy. It's like Annabeth's quest in Rome, or Hazel at the doors of death. This part can only be them. Percy obviously didn't like it, but at that moment, a flood of monsters swept over the Greek forces. Annabeth called to him. Hey, problem over here. Percy ran to join her. Frank and Hazel turned to Jason. They raised their arms in the Roman salute, then ran off to regroup the legion. Jason and Piper spiraled upward on the wind. Okay. <laughs> I just, I wish this could have been so much more fleshed out, because... 
they really build up in those first few books in this series, they really build up like, oh, it's going to be a decision Percy has to make. And then it's the, like, letting Annabeth go on her quest. He has to, like, trust her, I guess. He has to let go. It's not pride. It's loyalty, though. So I don't know. I'd like to see a little bit more of that being fleshed out. But I get it. It's not his moment. I like this moment a lot. I feel like it's what I could have used from Jason as well. But that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just, like, a light interjection of being, like, wait, we should. And then everyone being, like, hey, now. Hey, now, Percy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Remember that lesson you learned? Now's the time that you need to prove that you actually learned it that's what i'm saying though i want it to be like a little more of a conversation or a little bit of a moment where percy's looking at the battle at camp Half-Blood and looking at the battle with, like i wanted more of a moment there rick is teaching us a lesson yeah it's real he said no more percy for you thirsty thirsty children you're right <laughs> i do suppose it's cute to end the series of heroes of olympus with the trio from the lost hero even though no one remembers that book I also really like that it's about Leo. I love that Leo is pulling such main character. I love that it is not about Jason. I know you guys don't like Leo, but... It is true. Leo really is the main character. Like, we've been doing our, you know, thing where we aren't big fans of Leo. But he is a huge character in Heroes of Olympus. And as far as, like, Piper, Jason, and Leo, I think that Leo is the most of a human being. Even though he's a human being that if I knew him in real life, we would not be friends. That personal feeling aside, I know him. I know him very well. Yeah. I just wish I didn't. I know him. (laughs) He is also undeniably the plot focal point of even this moment that is narrated by jason guys i gotta tell you i really think leo is usually the most helpful demigod i mean percy isn't included in that i just he's always being helpful i i know he is smart he is really good at what he does he's genius he is a hard worker i just don't like his jokes but that's fine (laughs) that's a that's a personal thing between me and him it doesn't affect anyone else's relationships with leo it's just a thing the two of us need to work out together Mm -hmm. we need to have a conversation about women um and how to talk about them (laughs) no you're totally right but he nails this the plan works let's be clear they blast her with flames they keep her in the sky with the winds piper Charm speaks her by telling her she's, like, depressed and her family abandoned her and she should just go back to bed because the world sucks anyway. No lies. It's all true. So, like, Gaia is, like, not that powerful, right? That's the bad part. That's the obvious gigantic downside to all of this. Even if we are to allow the giant battle because why not? We, we have other shit to do. This is the other shit we have to do. Yeah, so, like, we need the gods for the giants, but... These three idiots who share one brain cell can take down evil Earth Mom. And the way that they do it is not even, like, they are not accessing anything that they have not had basically the whole time. Yeah. And it's maybe they they spent the series, like, building their powers and getting to this point where they could be ready for this fight, but... The only person that's really grown a lot more powerful is Piper. Like, she definitely wouldn't have been able to do this in the beginning. But the other two are pretty much the same as they were in the first book, especially with Festus also being there. Yeah. Yes, you're so right about this, especially with the return of Festus, too. He was the, like, additional, I didn't even think about that, like, the fourth member of the crew from Lost Hero. The only way for me to, like, feel like this really works and, like, nails it is to think about it as being, like, Piper's big moment of her really using the magic that she, the magic of her voice and speaking up and believing in her own magical powers to take down Gaia. And also being Piper as the child of the oldest god out of this group of people having the most ancient power to defeat the most ancient super goddess of Gaia. God, I love you. That was so good. I don't think that that's necessarily there. But... No, thank you so much. Thank you <laughs> so gonna much. I'm choose going to choose to take that one. <laughs> I want to send you a fruit basket after that one. That makes, thank you. That makes it feel so much better. I think I made that up, though. But <laughs> I think that is the most charitable reading. Yeah. I will say, though, if that were true and if he went that route, like if Rick wanted to go that route, I really would have loved to see, like, Piper's vocal cords are severely damaged. She, like, can never speak above a certain whisper. Like, I, I think that would have been so effective. Not the vocal trauma. <laughs> no, that's good writing. That's good writing. Exactly. There are no consequences to this. I am not None. seeing anything about this that makes it feel proportional in in scope, in sacrifice, in import, in ideological double meaning. Where is the metaphor? I think this just speaks to my own like tired nature where I was like, just let them win. <laughs> just let 
let them win and then go home. I just want them to have one easy win. They've been through so much and that's what happens. <laughs> I just don't think, and Josh said this when we were listening to the book. Yeah, I've been thinking about it. I think it's harder for him to flesh out the battles as much because of the the different perspectives that we have. Like he has so many points of view that he mm-hmm. has to try and get across that it's hard for him to take any one and like make it really meaningful. Because even yeah. reading this, like it made me think back to the moment when Percy's on the bridge in New York in the first series yes. fighting the Minotaur again. Like, oh, now God, that he has the mark moment. of Achilles, like, that moment to me yeah. was, was so much cooler than even even this was. I don't... Yeah. So I, much like, cooler. And just there, it cosine. felt like there were more stakes, even yeah. though there weren't canon in the universe, but it felt like the stakes yeah. were so much higher in that battle. That's so, that's so true. Like, retweet, the retweet. larger it gets, the harder it is to keep the stakes high. Because when you're, like, one person yeah. facing one creature and you're on that minuscule level of, like, personal life or death, you can really mm-hmm. feel that and empathize with that. But when it gets so big, it's hard to, like, conceptualize the level of danger that we're at. Yeah. Tartarus being, like, this thing that we're, like, walking on the body of and all we can think of is that we're, like, standing on his pimples. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to wrap our brains around Speaking of wrapping our brains around primordial goddesses, she turns into a human being. Or, like, she becomes human form. Yeah, she, like, has human human features. Yeah, they, like, blast her into being a human who is very white. Sorry, I just have to throw one last thing in. While we are on alternative visions of the scene, even if we're accepting all of these constraints that the gods can't be there and all of these things... Why aren't all seven of them doing it? I just genuinely am still not sold on that basic fact. Because it is the prophecy of the seven. What's frustrating to me, too, is that, like, I get it. Piper went through this whole journey. Piper has this major power-up. But, like, I don't don't know. Like, a couple other Aphrodite members can also charm speak. That help would be help. It would be help, you know? And why does that have to be in the sky? It could have been in the ocean where Percy stronger. Like... (laughs) Period. It could have been Period. in the ocean, and it could, this whole book could have been in Percy's perspective. <laughs> I just like, don't understand why, like, you know, Percy's like not in it more. Like, I think it doesn't make sense because, like, if it's gonna be the three of them, then why not be the all seven of them? Because it's supposed to be to storm or fire, but it's not storm or fire. It's storm or fire and Piper. So why not just yeah. have everybody else? It's okay. It was for the trio. Uh... And what I don't like about the way the prophecy was phrased is, like, to storm or fire. And to me, when I read that in the very beginning, I was like, oh, Jason versus Leo. But that's not ever yeah. a thing. They never even have, like, a mere argument. Yeah, they don't have a field of corn fight. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the implication is supposed to be that Leo chooses for it to be fire when he drops Jason and Piper and does the explosion, as opposed to... I don't know, I guess an alternate version where Jason tries to summon a really big storm that delivers the final blow instead. Yeah, but like they could have put her in the ocean and Percy like could have taken care of all this. There we go. I do really like the imagery of to storm or fire, the world must fall. And it's like Gaia as the world falling from the sky. Oh no, you're totally right there. Yeah, that makes sense. That was good. That was good. Again, with the fruit basket ordeal. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll read like the very final couple paragraphs because they're kind of nice. For the Rick Riordan imagery of it all, the scene setting. You want one thing, Piper said soothingly, her voice resonating through Jason's bones. One word. You want permission to close your eyes and forget your troubles. You want sleep. Gaia solidified into human form. Her head lulled, her eyes closed, and she went limp in Festus's claw. Unfortunately, Jason started to black out too. <laughs> the moon was dying. The storm dissipated. Dark spots danced in his eyes. Leo, Piper gasped for breath. We only have a few seconds. My charm speak won't. I know. Leo looked like he was made of fire. Flames rippled beneath his skin, illuminating his skull. Festus steamed and glowed, his claws burning through Jason's shirt. I can't contain the fire much longer. I'll vaporize her. Don't worry, but you guys need to leave. No, Jason said. We have to stay with you. Piper's got the cure. Leo, you can't... Hey, Leo grinned, which was unnerving in the flames, his teeth like molten silver ingots. I told you I had a plan. When are you going to trust me? And by the way, I love you guys. Festus's claw opened, and Jason and Piper fell. Jason had no strength to stop it. He held onto Piper as she cried Leo's name, and they plummeted earthward. 
Festus became an indistinct ball of fire in the sky, a second sun, growing smaller and hotter. Then in the corner of Jason's eye, a blazing comet streaked upward from the ground with a high-pitched, almost human scream. Just before Jason blacked out, the comet intercepted the ball of fire above them. The explosion turned the entire sky gold. I take it all back. It's amazing. Not almost human scream. That is what <laughs> bothers me the most about all of this. I felt like... It's, it's the oh, next chapter. Oh. It's, it's, we'll talk about that later. All right. Okay, okay, okay. okay yeah, okay, okay, put a pin okay. in that. Josh has a lot to say about, about Octavian. And we're going to get to that next week. Yes, <laughs> yeah. next week. You'll hold on to it. Hold on to it for a week. Yeah. It's going to boil up inside me. I take it all back whenever I hear that final, like, whenever I hear that. Because I love Leo, and he just grins, and he says, I love you guys, by the way. And it's really sweet and beautiful, and I take it all back. It's great. It's perfect. I have, I have no qualms. My competitive nature is, like, well, all of them wanted to sacrifice themselves, but only Leo actually succeeded in creating the most devious <laughs> and convoluted secretive plan to actually be the one who sacrifices himself. Good for him. Absolutely. And he's so smart. He's so smart. And he, he knows in the end he has to push them. He has to say, go, I got it. And it's really powerful. I also going to tie in here that Piper is sobbing. She's screaming Leo's name and Jason is not. And... I know that they're both heartbroken about it, but it is truly Well, Jason like... is passed out. Yeah, again. <laughs> Holy crap. Low blood pressure. Oh, yeah. It's got to be a problem for him with the flying, like, high altitudes and the low blood pressure. Mm. I don't know how he deals with that. I have a headcanon nice. that Percy and Jason are friends so that Percy can splash cold water on him whenever he passes out. <laughs> That's so cute. Would you like to hear another one? <laughs> yes. Uh, I also have a headcanon that on the Argo 2, Leo's like reaching for something and Jason, because he can do wind, is like blowing it just out of his reach every time he gets close to it. And like Leo doesn't understand what's happening. And then, yeah. Oh, best friends in Blue's head. They're best friends. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that happened. That actually happened. I don't know if you like read the same book, but that definitely happened. That's exactly what Jason and Piper say about their relationship. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That happened. Uh, okay, well, thank you guys for being here. We are going to have plenty of time next week to talk about that human comet scream. We are literally one episode away from finishing Heroes of Olympus. So yeah. thanks, everyone, for sticking with us this far. And we'll see you guys there next week. All right. See y'all. Let's go. I'm ready to get into it Woo. next week. <laughs> <laughs>